welcome to this week's episode of the Stephen Perkins Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perkins. Weird, named it after myself. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Outset Network. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Outset Network. This is uh, the show where I interview up-and-coming conservative leaders, whether they be from media, from business entrepreneurship, or activism, and I get to know what makes them tick, what motivates them, what got them involved in the first place, what vision do they have for the future, all that good stuff, basically helping you get to know them, and it, it helps me get to know them a lot better as well. This week is no exception. We have Kyle Griesinger on, and Kyle is the newest member of the Outset team. He is the new host of Young Guns, which started its new season last week. And I, I am so blessed that uh, we now have a regular host for Young Guns, someone who is uh, dedicating their creative energy to that and really making it their own. And the first episode was really great. And I'm looking forward to, if you're listening to this show uh, today, the day it comes out on Tuesday, then tomorrow, Wednesday, episode two of the new season with Kyle will come out. Um, And so in in my discussion with him today, we talked about how he got started, what his education was like. Um, He's from the great state of Texas. So you already know that he's a good guy. Um, And we talked about... uh, a little bit about Young Guns, what is a sneak peek there, his career, what he does with organizations like Patriot Academy. Um, and actually, speaking of Patriot Academy, he's a regional field director for Patriot Academy, in addition to being the host of Young Guns uh, here on the Outset Network. So I really hope you enjoyed this interview. I sure had fun doing it. Um, and so sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Kyle Griesinger. Kyle, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be here. Awesome. I, uh, I, I'm excited to talk to you because you are the new host of Young Guns, um, one, of our, uh, one of our newest members of the team at Outset as well, and uh, I'm really liking so far what is coming out of Young Guns. Of course, a new episode. People are listening to this on the day it comes out Tuesday, new episode coming out later this week. Um, and so I just wanted to give people kind of a chance to, to get to know you more. Um, and understand where you're coming from and, and sort of introduce you. Um, and so I think, as I like to do with most of these interviews, let's start from the beginning. What was child Kyle like? Uh, well, he was, he was a bit of a smart aleck. But um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, I, I, I was a, I was an active kid. I played baseball for 10 years. Um, I did a lot of reading, did a lot of – I was homeschooled. So, I mean, that means I'm a little bit of an oddball right from the beginning <laughs> – um, but I got in pol- involved in politics at a very young age. My, when I was nine years old uh, or thereabouts, my uncle ran for state rep in a small town in South Texas. And so I got to help out on that campaign. And, uh, from that day forward, I was hooked. Where originally are you from? Um, I'm from a little bit South of the Dallas area. Okay. Um, so explain to me the homeschooling thing. Cause I, I, I know a lot of people who were homeschooled. Um, but I think people have this idea that it's just kind of, like it's easier and that you don't really have much structure to your day. What does that look like? Well, I mean, it really runs the gamut. I mean, there, there, there are folks that I know personally who have had the no structure homeschooling and then ones that have, uh, you know, crazy helicopter parents. And so they're very, very structured for me personally. It was, it was the perfect environment because it allowed me, it allowed me the freedom to be able to focus on things that I was interested in. I've been interested in, like I said, politics and history, um, since I was a really young kid, 
And so I've always been able to take and spend more time on those topics that I've really found interesting um, and maybe not spend as much time on math and things that I, I just don't care for that don't come naturally to me. So for me, it was it was really kind of the perfect environment where I was able to get a lot of um, a lot of what is interesting and I was able to do a lot of reading and really develop um, good reading speeds and comprehension, large vocabulary, all that good stuff. So to me, it was I mean, it, it can be a little bit weird. It's definitely not for everyone. But for me, it worked out um, really, really well. Yeah, and I think ultimately it takes um, a, a special parent, like someone who has patience and, and dedication there. Um, tell me about your parents and how did they kind of add to your, uh, how did they influence you when you were young? Yeah, well, um, so my mom, before I was, uh, even right after I was born, she was a paramedic. My dad was a police officer. They actually met on a call. Um, oh, wow. but after a couple of years after I was born, um, I was not doing so hot in pre so hot in preschool, um, as in a Montessori school. And, uh, I, I would regularly have to sit in through uh, recess because I wouldn't do my homework. And so finally somebody got the bright idea to ask me why I wouldn't do my homework or wouldn't do the, the, the coursework that I was supposed to be doing in class. And apparently four year old Kyle was said, I don't understand why I have to write my name again. I already did it. So, I mean, like I said, a bit of a smart aleck, but at that point, my, uh, my mom decided to become a stay-at-home mom and uh, homeschool me, and she's homeschooled every one of my siblings. Um, so, that uh, my, my parents have been hugely influential. My dad um, has been a police officer in Grand Prairie, Texas for a little over 25 or 26 years now. Um, he's, now a, he's now a lieutenant, no, I'm sorry, not a lieutenant, a uh, sergeant. He's, he's looking at potentially getting promoted to lieutenant by the end of the year. Um, but they, they definitely had a huge impact on me, though they weren't they weren't particularly politically um, engaged. We were we were also a very uh, we were still a very political family. Some of my earliest memories were sitting around the kitchen table with my dad and my grandpa talking politics um, on Sunday mornings. So it was always kind of there. But even to this day, I still t- kind of uh, have to give my parents a little bit of advice on who to vote for. Uh, but they're still very, very politically engaged. Yeah, my my, uh, my parents would just vote opposite each other to cancel out each other's votes. It's, yeah, uh, thankfully we didn't have that problem. It, it's probably the most romantic thing I ever heard. But did they like? Did they take you with them when they went to vote? Um, honestly, I don't have any. I don't. Maybe a couple of times. Um, it was, certainly wasn't if they did or they didn't take us into the polling place. Um, but wow. yeah, it wasn't really something that we did. I did hand. I did. Uh, I did a fair amount of sign waving. Actually, I do have some really early memories um, going down to a, a small town in South Texas called Gonzales, Texas, yeah. um, which is the the birthplace of uh, Texas independence. The first shot in the Texas Revolution was fired uh, just outside of Gonzales, and so every year they have the Come and Take It Festival, and they have a parade. And so I do have really early memories of getting involved politically when my uncle was running for state rep and going down and writing on the Republican Party float and holding signs. <laughs> Um, telling people to vote Republican. So I, I do have a, a long history, although I never, I don't think I ever went into a, a polling place until I was 18. Sure. So you go from homeschooling into college. Where did you go and, and what did you study there? Yeah. So actually after high school, I took, uh, I took about three years off. And uh, the reason why I did that, I, I did some CLEP exams and some distance learning and stuff. So I built up some, some credits to take in with me. But I, I, took, a, I took, a, took, took, some, took some time off to run a business that I had started when I was 15. I started doing graphic design, web design. Um, so I did that for, for about a year. And then I spent um, about six months working on, as a field director for a statewide campaign in Texas. 
um, in 2014 Republican primaries. Um, after that, I spent about a year and a half working uh, for a nonprofit that I still work for to this day. Um, so I took some time off in between. It really gave me a focus going into college. So then I went to uh, Liberty, um, Liberty University up in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is quite a move for um, a guy from, uh, from a smallish town in Texas. But I uh, went there to study uh, political science, government, and uh, really had a great time there. Um, ended up with a 4.0, graduated summa cum laude. I, it, w- it was a wonderful time. I have some of the best friends of my life from that program. It was, uh, it was uh, re- re- really well for me. Were you involved in any organizations on campus there that had a political leaning or anything like that? Yeah, my I was uh, I was briefly a uh, board member for the College Republicans at Liberty. Um, myself and uh, another one of our board members actually were the only two uh, two the two people that resigned after Trump won the nomination rather than rather than campaign and tell people to vote for him. Hmm. Um, so I was involved there. I was also involved with the uh, Young Women for America on cha- uh, chapter on campus, but that was mostly because my then fiance now wife was the president. But I was also involved, uh, I was a member of the Dean's Council, which is an advisory group of students to the Dean of the Helm School of Government. So I had, I had some organizations that I was involved with. Tell me about the culture of Liberty University, because from the outside looking in, it seems like this this haven for uh, conservative students. And, and obviously now the administration has taken some, you could say questionable views, but nonetheless, it still seems like a pretty, a pretty nice place to be as a conservative. Um, what is that on campus culture like? Um, it's, it's really incredible. Um, I will say this, it, it, it can be a little bit difficult, um, to get people to engage politically. Mm -hmm. There, there's certainly a large group of students who kind of have the mindset that really the only thing that, that matters in this life is, spreading the gospel and, and, and not to downplay that, but the reality is even if you're not in, interested in politics, interested in government, government is very interested in you. So in that, in that regard, it has some downsides, but all in all, it's, it's incredibly positive and uplifting. And especially within the Helm School of Government, the, the professors are just truly incredible. Some, some of the, the most impactful people in my life up to this point were professors um, in the Helm School. Everyone there is super engaged, super plugged in, um, almost exclusively conservative um, and it makes for a really really great and, and inviting environment uh, for young conservatives who typically don't have a home um, that we can really go to academically so it was it's I, I can't recommend the school enough so you just recently graduated relatively speaking right yeah back in May very cool congratulations on that um, so now you're a regional a regional coordinator for Patriot Academy um, what do you do in that job so, well, let me let me give you a little bit of background about Patriot Academy. So, Patriot Academy was founded in uh, 2003 as a conservative version of the governor's school in Arkansas. What what that was was essentially, when Bill Clinton was governor in Arkansas, he would bring in the best and the brightest from all over the state and just indoctrinate them with liberal philosophy and how to work the process. Well, Rick Green was a state representative back in 2000 1999 through 2004-ish, um, and he had he, he he got to Austin and got tired of all these guys who voted who ran as conservatives voting like liberals. And so he decided we got to get to them earlier. We got to make sure we influence their their ideology, their beliefs, um, way before we're currently getting to them. So he founded uh, Patriot Academy, which is designed for students from 16 to 25 
to come in and, and we focus on three things. First, we teach conservative political philosophy, constitutionalism, and all of the, the, the principles that come along with that. We can teach the, what we call the lift principles, limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and tr uh, timeless truths. In addition to that conservative philosophy, we also teach um, leadership skills. So we do a lot of workshops on public speaking, rapport skills, how to work a room, how to do messaging, how to do interviews, all of those kind of leadership skills that you have to have to be successful um, in this arena. And then finally, we do the most accurate mock legislature in the country. We teach we teach how the process works because it's not enough to have the right ideas and to be as to be persuasive. You have to know how the process works so you can get in there and get the kind of results, the kind of conservative results that we're all after. So Patriot Academy is kind of this leadership laboratory that's built around a mock legislative session. And uh, what we do is we bring in students 16 to 25 for uh, three days in our regional academy, seven days in our national academy in Austin. And we just, I mean, pour into them like it's like, about like drinking from a fire hose. We have students come back year after year because you just can't get it all in the first year. So as regional coordinator out here in Virginia, I am responsible for um, we're trying to get a, a regional academy off the ground here in the Commonwealth. It just makes sense for us. We're all about uh, biblical, constitutional, historical philosophy. So makes sense to be in the home of George Washington and Madison and Jefferson and all of these great um, great American heroes. So my job primarily is to get that up off the ground. I also am there. The uh, I also run most of the technology for Patriot Academy, and I operate as their legislative council, which means that when we do that mock legislature. Well, we do it very, very accurate. Um, I filter through, process all the bills so they all come out in the correct format and they're ready to go um, for all of our students on the, when they can hit the ground on day one. That is awesome. So sixteen twenty-five. I, I I didn't know it, it went that uh, that old. So like I'm I'm still eligible. Bunch of people listening are probably still eligible. That sounds like a really cool uh, experience there. Well, let me tell you, it's a, it's a bit of a quick turnaround. But here in about a week and a half, we're going to be kicking off our national academy um, in Austin, Texas, and uh, maybe maybe you should swing down. Austin, um, Texas. That, that's my place right there. I like that. Yeah, it is. the uh, The applications are still open. So very cool. I know what I'm doing after this. Um, well, <laughs> that sounds like a great job, and you get to you get to interact with people, and like you said, kind of give them that real world experience, which I think is so important, especially. Um, the training for politics because people don't often know uh, what all is involved and, and they don't understand that it's not so much like Schoolhouse Rock, right? Uh, it's a bit different than that. So um, really yeah, I'm important. just a bill right sitting in appropriations committee. <laughs> Getting kicked down. It doesn't line. have the same ring to it. No, not, not, a, not as catchy. Um, but I, why do you, why are you interested in politics and why do you do work at Patriot Academy and why do you want to host Young Guns and all this stuff? Uh, essentially, what is your motivation? What What is the purpose that you think um, that that you were called to serve? Well, that's a that's a big question, yeah, and yeah, I, I want to give it. it a, I want to I want to give it a uh, an adequate answer. Um, you know, to me, I think I think that in modern life, we have come to take the American experiment for granted. Um, the reality is, is that I, I think our generation especially assumes that freedom and prosperity are the baseline when in reality, they're the exception to the rule. I mean, Reagan said it best. Um, almost every other person who has ever lived on the face of this planet has only known tyranny and oppression. And we're blessed to live in a society that was founded on ideals that enshrined individual liberty 
and 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 free enterprise and and all of these world train changing systems and beliefs and principles and you know I, I honestly believe that if there aren't those of us who are willing to stand watch on the wall who are willing to go out there and make it their life's um, work to 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 vigilantly defend and and jealously protect liberty we will lose it it will no longer be the baseline it will no longer be what we have come to assume that it is and that's that's a big part of what motivates me you know i love political philosophy i i eat uh, eat sleep and breathe john locke and friedrich bastiat and uh thomas aquinas and martin luther and all of these great guys who in impacted the founding fathers and that that's really what drives me is understanding not just what the founding fathers believed but what the who they were reading and, and who was influencing them and so I, I part of that for me is you know I, I i want i want to live in a country i want to live my life with as much freedom as the people who have come before me and i'm not willing to give that up for myself and i'm certainly not willing to give that up um for the next generation for for posterity um so to me, that my biggest motivation is in preserving liberty and preserving the grand American experiment, those principles and those philosophies um, that were enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution, um, preserving those for future generations. When you talk about some of those great thinkers, and we'll get to uh, some of your book recommendations for people listening in a second, um, but I think what you said is is kind of important to what we do at Outset as well, and that is continually advocating for those ideas that make America exceptional, because if we lose sight of those, if we don't understand the context of them and how they came to be and why they're so special, and ultimately why they can be, uh, why they can go away, then that's that, that puts us down a dangerous road. Um, I'm curious as to your thoughts on, now that we have a new administration, certainly a lot of people on the left are, are remembering uh, or, or regretting a bit some of the precedents that have been set. Um, and that always seems to happen whenever power shifts. People on the other side don't like, um, don't like the, the power that, uh, that the new person has. But I feel as if the feeling now among people is that some of these, uh, some of these privileges that we have are, are being threatened more than ever. And I think We've probably seen this really in the past 15, 20 years, but I'm interested in your take on that. Do you think that um, that we're inching closer to that in a sense? Um, Are you concerned at all about liberty and, and the future of free markets and things of that nature? Well, I, I certainly am. I mean, I, I think the nature of being a conservative is that we conserve. The, the, the assumption behind that is that there's something that we are conserving against. There is something that is seeking that we that we have to preserve our, our, our institutions and our, our way of life and our systems of government against. So there, there's always a multitude of uh, forces amassed against liberty, in my view. It's much it's very difficult to live with freedom. It's very, very easy to live with oppression and with a, with a, with a state that is is determinative of your life. Um, so I think I think that, that there's always an eternal danger in liberty. But one thing that I do I, I do comfort myself in is there is such a thing as absolute truth, and in the end, absolute truth does win out. Um, so I, I I'm not a I'm not a pessimist. I'm not a I, I'm not a I don't I don't I don't have a bunker with canned food and shotguns. I just don't. Um, I do believe that 
America is never too far down the road to, to be walked back because we have such exceptional principles and such um, incredible foundations that were laid by the founding fathers. And so I, while I am worried about liberty and about freedom and about um, the American way, to quote Superman, um, I'm not uh, pessimistic about it. I'm not I haven't given up on it for certain. Sure. I, one of the uh, one of the interesting things that I um, have found as I've researched the next generation that comes beyond millennials, Generation Z, the teenagers, um, is that they are more conservative than uh, than millennials are. Um, they are certainly more fiscally conservative. Um, mm. When you look at organizations, I guess we're one of them at outset trying to reach out to those people, but also organizations like the one you work with, uh, Patriot Academy, what do you think is the key to engaging those that next generation of generally more conservative people? Um, I think, um, personally, I, I think that we've lost a lot of depth. Um, conservatives and liberals both. We, we've come unmoored from our philosophical foundations. Mm. Um, we live in a soundbite um, culture, and as a good good uh, good friend of mine, Chris Dunham, likes to say, text without uh, text without context is just pretext. Um, and so I think that we've got to we have to ground ourselves in conservative philosophy and not just know what we believe, but know why we believe it. Be able to articulate and give an answer beyond just a twenty minute beyond just a twenty second or a minute long soundbite. I mean, I, I love the zingers at debates as much as the next guy, but. The problem is, is that those zingers don't actually communicate a deeper message. They don't explain why you believe what you believe. They might energize and excite people who already agree with you, but they won't change anyone's mind. And so I think that, especially as the era of Trump comes to an end, that is characterized by just using blunt weapons against every liberal that we run across. And I'm not saying that's unjustified. I mean, we've been... Conservatives have been the the victim of that kind of attack for decades, um, so it, there there's some there's some degree of a righteous indignation I think that is fueling a lot of the vitriol and and the just trying to use any instrument to attack the other side at this point. But when that wears off, the question is going to be how deep do we actually go? Um, do we do we know? Do we do we know enough information about free markets to just say to to do more than say? Well, socialism sucks and capitalism is good. Mm-hmm. Can we articulate why those are why those are the truths? Can we articulate why federalism is an eternal truth that works? Can we articulate those things? Can we actually make the case on their own merit, or are we just stuck with our sound bites that we've been using for the last ten years? I think one of the challenges comes up in getting people interested in the first place, um, and and how do you because because if you go to someone with this with this deep philosophy. They're not going to be very receptive to that immediately. Um, and so I, I tend to think that the key is that you can get in there with some lighter stuff, but if you're not educating, um, if you're not educating people on, uh, what's at the core of all of this, you're really doing them a disservice and you're not, you're not, you're not empowering them to be leaders into the future, uh, within the right. Right, and that's definitely true. Um, I think I think that we we have to we have to make a distinction, much like you did. There there are things you do to initially win over. There are things you do to present a case that someone can say, you know what, that might be plausible. 
But to get somebody from plausible to certain, you have to have a depth, and that's really what I'm speaking to. My mm-hmm. my my focus has typically been in philosophy. That's where I, I just naturally gravitate toward. Um, so I typically approach it from a more in-depth perspective, and, and it probably is not my my strong suit to pull people into the conservative movement. But I think I think my strong suit, my calling, are to help deepen some of the people who are already in the conservative movement. Yeah, and I think that's just as important. So let's talk about Young Guns because um, the first show was a good one, uh, and so I'm excited for the second one. Um, it's gonna so- be fun. We got some surprises. I think we're we're working on a, we're testing out a new uh, way to intro the show and adding in a couple of new elements. That I'm really excited about. Yeah, because you you recorded just before uh, we recorded here. So yeah, literally minutes ago. <laughs> so give us a preview for the new Young Guns. Um, what are you, what are you trying there? What's the vision? Uh, what can people expect? So the vision is, the vision is simply this. Um, I think, I think a lot of conservatives, especially young conservatives take themselves a little bit too seriously. Um, and I think, I think we think we have all the answers and we really don't. So our goal is really to bring what expertise we have, but also to approach, um, approach the, the, the news and the current events with some levity, with some humility, with some self-deprecation, just really have a good time. Um, the goal of the show is really to make it um, a new show that that you enjoy, that is entertaining, that is fun, but that's also informative, um, and that goes beyond just the standard talking head um, talking points. You know, to try and dig into some of these issues a little bit deeper and, and make the connections um, from one issue to another. But without being overly stuffy and coming off like a college lecture, I mean, I just graduated. I've been through plenty of those. We want to keep it fun and light. Very cool. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I recommend that people check that out. You also have the the Twitter page at Young Guns USA, so follow it there. Um, yes, please do. And uh, and subscribe on iTunes, of course. All the plugs. Uh, so th- that'll come out uh, tomorrow. Uh, Let's go to some of my uh, some of my rapid fire questions, which just means that I have to ask them quickly because sometimes I tend to expand. Uh, but your responses by no means have to be brief. Maybe so we can handle that. Let's start with the first one, which is if you had a large billboard or Super Bowl advertisement, what is one brief message that you would want to get out to the world? President Trump, stop tweeting. Take out a whole ad just just aimed at one person. Yeah, that's the goal. Right across the street from the White House. I don't think there's one billboard right there, but I think I could get enough money to build one at this point. There you go. Um, What issue or issues do you see coming down the road in the future? Um, I think we are headed. I I think the the next big fight politically is going to be free speech. I I think it, it just absolutely has to be. And more than free speech, freedom of expression, freedom of association. I think I think the First Amendment um, is going to be under massive assault by the left um, over the next few years. And I'm not talking about the only part of the First Amendment that the left seems to care about. I'm talking about the right of Christian bakers to turn down business. I'm talking about the right of Muslim bakers to turn down business. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, our, our fundamental right to associate, to do business, to say what we believe um, without uh, government repercussions and also without excessive societal repercussions. Absolutely. You shouldn't have to worry about losing your job because of your political beliefs. Yeah. Um, what want to ask what books influence you and also what books do you or would you give to people? So we'll start with the influence one. Which book um, has most influenced you? Uh, oof. I, I really don't know that I can answer that. Um, I'll say I'll say 
my my go to book to recommend to people that that probably first influenced me was the Five Thousand Year Leap. Um, it's an incredible distillation of kind of American political philosophy, the founders' political philosophy. Um, after that would have to be uh, Liberty and Tyranny and Ameritopia. Liberty and Tyranny, I think, is is the best distillation of conservatism, modern American conservatism out there. Um, and then I think that Ameritopia is the the best summary of um, classical political philosophy. I mean, in that book, Mark Levin lays out and discusses and explains Leviathan and Republic and Utopia. I mean, every virtually every utopian um, political political philosophy he discusses and explains in a really um, easy and simple way to understand. Um, beyond that, uh, there's a great book out there by Dr. Glenn Martin called Prevailing Worldviews. Um, I can't recommend that enough. It really helps to understand kind of what the driving force behind Marxism and rationalism and romanticism and all of kind of the, the worldviews out there um, really are. Uh, there there's so many books that I, I could recommend. I, I think another one that has had a, a, a huge influence on me um, is uh, St. Augustine's Confessions um, and City of God, although I haven't quite gotten through all of City of God just yet. Um, and also... Um, everything that Edmund Burke has ever written, um, especially uh, Reflections on the Revolution in France. I think that's a, I think that's the name of it. Um, I might be getting that confused with the book Adams wrote on the, the French Revolution, but the one that Burke wrote is really, really incredible. Um, and then books that I would recommend to other people. Um, the collected works of G.K. Chesterton are $2.99 are, are $2 on Kindle. As far as I'm concerned, if you don't own that, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Is that fiction? Um, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, G.K. Chesterton was kind of the the philosophical and theological forefather to um, C.S. Lewis. Gotcha. Um, so it's a lot on theology, but there's also a lot of other philosophy built in there. Um, another great author that's really, really lesser known that I can't recommend enough is Malcolm Muggeridge. Um, he was an English journalist who was um, converted to Christianity late in life. Um, but he wrote he, he, his his writing is absolutely incredible. Um, the End of Christendom and the Abolition of Man are two of the greatest books um, out there that have a kind of a, a specifically a Christian bent to them, but have very real impl implications for our modern political culture. So I would really recommend those. Um, obviously, anything that Milton Friedman has ever written. Um, and then I, I always recommend you know a handful of biographies. I think the Dutch biography Dutch is a biography of uh, Ronald Reagan is phenomenal. Anything you can get your hands on that was written by by or about uh, Winston Churchill, um, really just the, the, there's another. Uh, what's the name of the book? Um, James Madison and the Making of America is an excellent book. Um, yeah, those are those are a handful, but I mean I could go on for some time. I'm sitting right next to about half of my wife and I's library, and it takes up two full size bookshelves. So well, well, we will, doing pretty good for college students. Yeah, I'll, I'll put well, I'll put the uh, the books you've mentioned so far into the show notes so people can look those up. Um, Great, building the uh, the uh, the reading list here. Um, and then my last rapid fire question for you is: How do you consume media and and break through the noise of the news that comes in every day? Yeah. All right. Well, um, the biggest answer is I don't, I don't, I don't consume a lot. Um, I have, uh, I have a slate of podcasts that I like to listen to. I listen to them on two X speed with like, um, 
silence is cut out and I have I have a great app that does all this magic to the podcast. So an hour long podcast only takes me about 25 minutes to get through. So I listen to probably two or three podcasts a day. What's the app? And I called? might uh, Pocket Casts. I think Overcast does it as well. Okay. Um, even the Apple Podcast app can speed up. It just can't. It doesn't quite do as good of a job at not um, the noise. Uh, distorting the audio. Yeah. And cutting out silences, it doesn't do at all. Gotcha. But um, other than that, you know, I don't watch a lot of. I don't watch a lot of uh, TV news. Um, I do follow. I read the Wall Street Journal. Um, that's where I get probably most of my news from. But other than that, I really don't consume a whole lot. I like to read books more. I think. Uh, Peggy Noonan gave the uh, commencement address at Catholic University um, back in May, and uh, she said, "I read uh, I, I read the news to know what's happening. I read books to know why." And so I, I think I like that, that that's kind of the philosophy that I like to follow. It really, you don't need all of the, you don't need to be a news junkie to really um, understand a lot about what's going on in the world. You really need a depth of knowledge to know to be able to interpret. Um, the facts of what's happening is my view. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, if you could give us a preview of this week's Young Guns, what's, what are we in store for topic-wise? Uh, well, this this week's Young Gun, we're going to start off with uh, Donald Trump's meeting with the, the Russians, uh, wherein he put his foot in his mouth and then <laughs> proceeded to shoot himself in the foot, blowing his head off. Um, we're also going to talk about the health care bill, um, and we're going to talk about uh, the situation in uh, Jerusalem where the the Palestinian killed two police officers on the Temple Mount. Um, we're going to talk about the handshake that just will not end. Um, actually, I think it ended five minutes ago, so CNN can stop covering it wall to wall. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a couple of things that we're going to talk about. We have some some great guests on and bring some, uh, some really exciting uh, points of view. It's a, it was a great time. We really had a good time recording it. Lots of laughs and such. So it should cool. be good. And where can people find you in the meantime on social media? Yeah, definitely connect with me on Twitter. It's Kyle Griesinger, K-Y-L-E-G-R-I-E-S-I-N-G-E-R. -E -E um, hopefully, you'll put that in the show notes because it's long and confusing and yes, better if you will. can just click a link. Um, you can also connect with me. I'm on Instagram. You can uh, search for me. I'm also on Facebook. You can search for me. Pretty much if you put in the, you know, my last name, you're only going to get myself and my family members. So it, it, it's pretty easy to find as long as you know how to spell it. Yeah, it's a unique one. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on my show this week. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and uh, congratulations on Young Guns, and very excited for it. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Kyle for coming on the show, and thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't caught up on all the other episodes we've done, last week we actually did a really great one on the habits and the characteristics that I've been observing of my guest. And so if you want to kind of see... Uh, an analysis of what we've been doing here, then that's a cool place to do it. You can always connect with me on social media at Stephen underscore Perkins on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Stephen Perkins. And you can find the Outset Network at Outset Network everywhere on social media. Look at us. It's like we know what we're doing. Until we speak again next week to another guest, take care. God bless. Have a good one. <laughs>